Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome in to the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Tighten Up Pod. Give us a follow on Instagram, at Tighten Up Podcast. And as always, we're under the A to Z Sports umbrella. So go make sure you're following A to Z Sports on every social media platform. This is so number 182. The Amy Adams Strunk hawking a big loogie in the face of Smokey the Volhound of Sodes. <laughs> now, now that that doesn't sound like something Miss Amy would do. No, 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 no. I mean, sure, she doesn't pander enough to Vols fans, but she does. She would Akalugi. Look, we are going to get into uh, that reference and much more later on in the episode with Mike Herndon, Uncle Mike Herndon, our special guest this week. That so title, of course, comes via George Woodward, who says, I know you usually name episodes after specific Titan memories, but I think we need to make a special exception this week. And he says, I say as a Vols fan myself, and I will say, we joke a lot about what the, the I guess, the Titans discourse that went on, happened online over the weekend. And um, it's all in good fun. Okay. They, look, we, 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 we poke some funds at specific tight uh, Vols fans, not all Vols fans, but we, we use the uh, blanket of all Vols fans in our joking. So just let that be known up front. Look, the people that get this show and that get us will understand where we're coming from and we'll probably get a good laugh out of it. Uh, the people that don't, well, <laughs> they'll probably hate us even more than they already do. But uh, we've got that to get into. It is finally game week. Uh, it is a, it is, we get Titans football on Sunday. Uh, look, I don't want to, you know, arouse you too much, no matter where you're listening to this, whether you're in the car or maybe at work or wherever you listen to the Titan Up podcast from. I don't want to arouse you. I don't want to have to make you do that awkward pants adjustment. But Derrick Henry carries a football this week and we get to watch it. Oh. So it's a little ooh. too late for you to be saying that because I haven't had really feeling in my fingers for the past 48 hours because it, it is game week and my blood flow yeah. going somewhere else. Yeah, my blood flow is going straight towards my head. And no, not that head. Uh, <laughs> folks, we've got a great so football is finally here. We made it through the offseason. Thank you for those of you that ventured through us, uh, ventured through it with us. And we are like, what look, why are we still talking about this? So let's just go ahead and get to the so. But first, before we do that, we got to get a word from our friends at Relax the Back. The Relax the Back team sets out every day to help people in the Nashville area work better, live better, and feel better. If you're like me and you struggle with insomnia and posture issues, then trust me when I say this is the place for you. With custom office chairs, massage chairs, and X chairs that are designed to fight neck and back pain, along with Technogel and Tempur-Pedic pillows and mattresses to stabilize your spine, the Relax the Back team will make sure you're waking up and feeling great every single day. So go check them out if you live in the Middle Tennessee area 
They're located at 2020 Glen Echo Road in Nashville, Tennessee. It's over in Green Hills, right next to Hillsborough High School. They've got a great showroom with plenty of options in there. They'll even let you lay on the beds. Trust me, I've done it. Uh, if you're not able to get there in person, check them out online at stores.relaxaback.com slash Nashville and start feeling better today. The key, though, when you go in, make sure to tell them that A to Z Sports sent you. With all that said, let's talk Titan. I hear the train a-coming, it's rolling around the bend, and I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when I'm sucking old prison. What is up, Flameheads? Welcome to the Tighten Up Podcast. Today is September 6, 2023. And they say the night is always darkest before the dawn. I don't know who they is, but I heard it before. I think from Harvey Dent in the Batman movies. Well, if that's true, then right now is the darkest. Pitch black, cold, dark, empty. Much like the expectations by many for this upcoming season. You see, the NFL is... Uh, what have you done for me lately, league? Quite frankly, Titans haven't done much. They're riding a seven-game slide. The Titans, much like the running back position, apparently does not exist anymore. They do not matter. Despite having the best running back in the league, one of the top coaches in the league, one of the top defensive fronts in the league, coochie, coochie, coo, and now arguably the greatest pass catcher in the league. No one remembers the Titans. No one expects anything from this franchise. D-O-A, dead on arrival. But all of that is thrown out the window. Because a new dawn is upon us. We have braved the barren wasteland of that off-season desert to get to some new football. We have survived endless Derrick Henry trade rumors and slander. We have survived the discourse of the Titans drafting Will Levis, the mayonnaise man himself. Mm. And we have survived tweets from Sal in Jersey and others <laughs> within <laughs> Titans Twitter that just need football back in their lives. Well, now football is here. And right now, Hope springs eternal. Even for us, the team everyone forgot. Everyone wants to hype Anthony Richardson? Good. Everyone wants to ride the Jaguars' dick like a young co-ed on Urban Meyer? Oh, good. Everyone wants to hype the text. <laughs> okay. Couldn't finish that last one without laughing at the Texans. All I'll say to all of that is good. The Titans are right where we want them to be. Killers in horror movies make their best kills when no one sees them coming. And no one sees the Titans coming. Derrick Henry coming off of a 1,500-yard season and only 16 games behind an offensive line with more holes in it than the plot to Armageddon. A movie reference Jack probably doesn't get. Jack, mm. you only have a few days left before the season starts to watch that movie. Just make sure you close your eyes at the animal cracker scene because you're too young, buddy. Also, Dennis Daly was on that offensive line. I should point that out as well. DeAndre Hopkins 
coming off of a season where he racked up 700 yards in only nine games. And Ryan Tannehill, the fourth highest rated passer in football since he took over as the Titans starter. A man who had this team at seven and three before he went down with an injury last season. A man people tend to sleep on. And they should be sleeping on a relax-the-back mattress. Make sure to tell them A to Z Sports sent you. So let people sleep on the Titans. Because raccoons, what's up, T-Rack, are nocturnal. And people sleep at night. And the night is always darkest before the dawn. Let's tighten the hell up. Oh, you think darkness is your ally? You merely adopted the dark. I was born in it, molded by it. I didn't see the light until I was already a man. And by then, it was nothing to me but blinding. Cuppers should really appreciate the fact that we spent uh, uh, most of our uh, earnings that we get from A to Z Sports for this podcast on that cameo from Tom Hardy to do his pain impersonation <laughs> live on this podcast. Look, thank we you, go Tom to, Hardy for stopping. Thank by. you, Tom Hardy. We do, we go to the <laughs> ends of the earth for this podcast. Okay. And we just want you to know that you don't have to appreciate it, but we want you to know that. Okay. Guys, football is back. Jack, how do you feel? I feel great. I feel great. I'm fired up. It's been a long time coming. We finally got a game to talk about this week, and it's there's a lot to break down when you look towards this Saints game. You go to New Orleans to start the season. They always say you get right on the road. The Titans have to get right. While it, only, while it is week one, it's a get-right game by all measures. Titans are coming off a seven-game losing streak. They've got a lot to work on. They've got a lot to polish up. Now, they lost most of those games without some of their key players. And the off, there's been some offseason additions that came in along the way. I expect the Titans hit the ground running week one. I don't know if we're ready to talk about this Saints game yet, but I am going to go ahead and kick that ball down the hill. Yeah, Jack, it has, been, it has been 297 days since the Tennessee Titans have won a football game. And oh my God. they will be kicking off the 2023 season on Sunday at noon Central. I mean, how are we feeling? Three-point underdogs. I feel like that's disrespect. But I think that this is perfect. When do the Titans play their best football, Austin? When nobody expects anything out of them. Yeah. Their best seasons have come when people have anointed the Colts as the preseason favorite to win the division. Now yeah. it's just a little bit different. The Jags are getting all the love. The Titans have fallen by the wayside. They're not getting considered by any, not even a dark horse consideration. The Titans yeah. are poised to make some noise this season. They've got the roster to do it. Now, Super Bowl, that's a different conversation. But uh, again, this is why you play the games. We're coming off a of college football week in Austin where we saw all kinds of upsets happen. It, it It's just a reminder. It's just the latest reminder that you've got to play the games. There's a reason why you play the games. They're going to roll an oblong pigskin out there, and the Titans are going to go have to, they're going to have to put that ball in the end zone more times than the other team. I think they've got the team to do it. More importantly, I think they're catching the New Orleans Saints at just the right time. Yeah, it really is kind of a, a tale of two cities in the sense that the Titans are, are much like I said off the top, 
forgotten about. It is no one is even, I think, remembers the fact that the Titans are an NFL franchise, which to me, I know that makes a lot of Titans fans upset and angry and hurt. I love when the Titans are in this situation. I love when there aren't targets on their back, when there's no pressure, there is, I, I think that's when the Titans are at their best. I think the Titans are a head swivel team. They play their best when they make people turn around and look. It's like that, that, uh, that, that boyfriend meme, um, you know, oh, like yeah. the, yeah, that, that is what the, I love when the, the Titans walk by and the rest of the NFL looks away from like a team, say the Jaguars and is like, Oh wait, Oh yeah. I forgot about the Titans. And it's funny. Like you can almost write the narrative of like, if the Titans do get off to a decent start or a, a, a tough, like a, a really good start, you will hear the same narrative. How did we count out the Titans? They're coached by Mike Vrabel. They're a very, they're always a tough out. This is the, this is who the Titans are. It's their identity. Well, guess what? They're going to have to, they get to play to their identity this season. And I am excited for that. I am excited that nobody, everyone is picking the Jaguars because you know what? The Jaguars, I have, uh, you know, Doug Peterson returning. And what does Doug Peterson do after really successful years, which I think you could count last year as a very successful year for the Jaguars? He kind of poops the bed. That's why he's no longer in Philadelphia. The year after winning the Super Bowl, uh, I believe he had them at 500. Um, so like, this isn't like, yeah, Doug Peterson, a great coach. Don't get me wrong, but it's like all of the pressure is in Duval County right now. And there's absolutely none in Davidson County. And I am here for it. I love the fact that the Titans are standing where they're at entering the season. Now you've got a team that you're going up against on Sunday in the new Orleans saints. That is kind of the opposite there uh many are picking them to win the AFC South mm -hmm. and uh they're kind of the favorites in the division. They are a very good team. Don't sleep on the Saints like many people are sleeping on the Titans. Don't do that because they they are. They're extremely good. But however, the thing that I think this game really stands out to me is the two quarterbacks. This is a quarterback mirror game where it's two guys that don't get any love nationally. But in my opinion, and I know a lot of people are going to disagree with this, but in my opinion, are both a lot better than the national media gives them love for. I think Derek Carr is one of those players where if you get the coach behind him and the weapons around him, much like Ryan Tannehill that we've seen from Ryan Tannehill oh, since he took over a starter, I think you get a lot of that out of Derek Carr. And he's a guy who can, who can, who can whip it around the field. Just keep it. What was it? Just last year with the Raiders. Raiders nearly beat the Titans mm -hmm. at home with Derek Carr whipping the ball around the the field to uh, like some undrafted. Oh gosh, who was that guy? Who was that? Was it Mac Hollins? Mac Hollins last year, yeah, where he was sucked. just a thorn oh. in the side. He went for like over two hundred yards receiving. That was, was terrible, ridiculous. But that's the kind of quarterback that Derek Carr is. When when. Matt Collins goes off like that. Matt Collins gets the love. Derek Carr doesn't get the love. Derek Carr is a very good quarterback. And now that he's in a, in a different environment away from the John Gruden drama away from just the, you know, I mean, you could say just the Raiders drama in general. I think he's in a good place in a town that loves their football. And I think the Titans have it up to their eyes right now with uh, what they're dealing with.
in week one. Here's the thing about Derek Carr. I do believe that he's going to get the Saints into the playoffs, and I do believe that the Saints are going to win the NFC South because I think they have the most talented roster down there. And the Saints have a lot to be excited about. They have a quarterback this season that they can trust. Now, Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins have one similarity, and really you can throw Matthew Stafford in this as well. There's a death pick that is always looming in the background. It's like a dark cloud hovering <laughs> over whichever team he's playing for. That right. death pick is always on the table, and it will kill them. Yeah. Now, while while that is kind of while, while Tannehill and Carr are on similar tiers, I think the Titans' biggest edge here is in coaching. Mike Vrabel. A lot of people forget how great Vrabel's teams do in the first month of the season. Vrabel is eleven and six. In the first month of the season, that's almost a 65% win rate. There are only five coaches in the NFL that have a higher win win rate than Vrabel in the first month of the year. Want to know who those guys are? Who? Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur, Kevin Stefanski, John Harbaugh, Sean McDermott. Those guys are always in the coach of the year running. Uh, Stefanski's a little younger, but what he's done in Cleveland, I, I think that's, you, you know, compared to what, other coaches have done in Cleveland over the last few decades uh, deserves a tip of the cap. But th- those other guys, I mean, he's ahead of guys like Andy Reid, Bill Belichick, and Pete Carroll. He gets it done early in the season. And I know that every team's going to be hungry heading into week one. They want to play football. They want to hit somebody in a different uniform. I just think the Titans are a little bit hungrier. They got yeah. They know that this seven-game losing streak's hanging over them. They know they're better than that. They know that's not who they are and not who they're going to be this season. I think that they really want to get off to a good start. And when you look at their schedule, they need to get off to a good start because things could get out of hand if you let it in the first six games. Now, this is a Titans franchise that historically, under Mike Vrabel, does not fare well in week one. In fact, week one has been a disaster for at least the last few years. Uh, Last year, New York Giants, you lose on a missed field goal. The, um, The year before that, well, you blow a big lead against the Giants. You blow like a 13-point lead against the Giants and then lose uh, on a missed field goal. And then Cardinals. the year before that, you get blown out by the Cardinals. Five sacks Chandler Jones had on Taylor Lewan. My question to you, Jack, are we worried about that at all? Because keep in mind, Derrick Henry, DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, and we all know Der- Derrick Henry. He's a train. He- he's literal a literal freight train where it takes a while to get him going. Once he's at full speed, look, it, it get out of the way, get out, get off the tracks, but it takes the locomotive a bit to get up to full speed. And he's like that every season. It takes a few games to get him really into the Derek that we know and love Deandre Hopkins. I don't know what to expect from him having not played since, you know, last season. And then Ryan Tannehill, he got in for a series, but handed the ball off three times and then was done. So, and there was a stat out there where uh, last year there were 11 quarterbacks that did not see any playing time in preseason. And those of those 11 quarterbacks, they went three and eight in week one. I've always been in the mindset of, I think they, you need to get some reps in training camp just to get the cobwebs off, just so you're not doing it in week one. But that's kind of been the story for the Titans the last few seasons. Are we worried that, they, that we're going to see more of that this year? 
No, I, I think that that's going to be a commonality that you start to see across the NFL. They're going to hold their quarterback out. Now, Derek Carr did play in the preseason because he's got a new offense he's got to get used to. I just, uh, I'm not as worried about Tannehill because this is his, what, fourth year in Tennessee? Yeah. You, you know, and, and I imagine he's gotten his fair share of reps in training camp as well, especially when you consider Will Levis hasn't been a court, you know, hasn't been able to practice really in the last few weeks. What I like most about this matchup is it seems like the Titans have a counter for everything the Saints do well. Last season, the Saints were the second best defense in the NFL against the pass. Well, if there's one team in the NFL who can beat you without having to throw the ball all over the place, it's the Tennessee Titans. Where the Saints struggled on defense last year was against the run. 24th in the NFL against the run. The Titans are going to exploit that. It, it, like, I, I I do believe that the Saints are going to put up a good fight. This is going to be a close game, uh, as most week one games are. But it's an advantage that they're without Kamara. They're without that speed in the backfield. They've got Jamal Williams, who's more of a bruiser. But he's not going to be able to run between the tackles, not on this Titans defensive front. And and Jack Gibbons, or whoever's lining up next to Aziz Alshair, they're not going to get exposed by a quick running back because the Saints don't have one that they're going to be able to use. He's suspended for three games. I just believe that everything the Saints do well, the Titans have a counter for. And everything the Titans do well, the Saints seem to struggle with. So I think it's a bit of a mismatch, and that's that's why I'm going to be betting on the Titans plus three in week one. And that's why I'm going to be betting on the Titans over seven and a half wins this season because it's free money. This Titans team can win 11. I, I mean, if, if all things break right, I don't want to say 12 may be a bit much, but I think 11 is realistic. When you look at some of these guys they are playing, they're playing five rookie quarterbacks this year, and I think four guys in their first full season in their new system with Derek Carr, Baker Mayfield, Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh and uh, Desmond Ritter in Atlanta. There's a lot of schedule advantages here, but I, I in, for this matchup in particular, I really believe that the Titans are going to have an answer for just about everything the Saints throw at them. Well, you should hammer that over seven and a half wins because as Jack and I predicted uh, when the schedules came out, the Titans are going 17 and 0. Mm-hmm. So it's not a matter of uh, if they win on Sunday. It's a matter of by how much. Jack, <laughs> let's get now to our our guy, Mike Herndon, who is uh, being willing to join us uh, while he is going through a lot this week. And you'll hear more about that in the interview. But I do want to give a Surgeon General's warning for this interview. Now, <laughs> we do discuss the uh, the Titans Twitter discourse that took place over the weekend. And I, it's not even I'm not even want to say it was between. But it was uh, at the at the hands of Vols fans, okay? Because there were a few uh, loud uh, Titan or Vols Twitter accounts, uh, Vols, and, and that were kind of slandering the Titans for not pandering to Vols fans. And, Which is a weird um, fight to pick, considering the timing. Just, right? Like, like why are you going after weird. the Titans right now? That makes I, no I don't sense. even. I don't understand why, as a Vols fan, you would feel the need to go after the Titans. You don't have to. It's two totally different entities. You can like them both as much as you like anything. Um, and uh, But I, I will say, the Surgeon General's warning here, we have some fun at the beginning of the interview, okay? Now, I think the uh, there, there are two types of Vols fans, and I think I say this later on in the interview, but there are two types of Vols fans. There are those um, that when hearing uh, us uh, having some fun at the top of the interview 
will be seething mad and hate us and unsubscribe and unfollow and do all of that. That's fine. If you feel the need to do that, great. You know, honestly, it's uh, more power to you. You're not our cup of tea, just like we're not yours. But there are also those Vols fans, which many, many listen to this show or listen to this podcast. And we know this because you tweet at us constantly. You're constantly in our, you know, our mentions and we're, we're chatting back and forth, creating great camaraderie and community. You guys get us, you get the show. And like George Woodard, who named this week's soap, he's a Vols fan, able to laugh at the entire situation and the absurdity of it. Those Vols fans, like, excuse yourself because it's not directed at you. We're not making fun of you. We love you. We appreciate you. And we appreciate your passion for the big orange that you then let bleed over into Sundays for the two-tone blue. Absolutely. That, you know, so we love we love those types of Vols fans. Anyone else that does not get in, cannot laugh, cannot have some fun with this whole ridiculous situation, buzz off, honestly. Like, you know, yeah. like we don't, if you want to leave, yourself. go ahead. You know, like uh, the door is that way. Uh, go ahead and walk on out. We want the true um, orange and white fans that uh, that have that passion on, on Saturdays for their football program that set records at Nissan Stadium. We want them on Sundays at Nissan Stadium rocking the place out and bringing that passion two days in a row. Um, so with that said, let's get to Mike Kernan. But before we do, Jack talked about the bets that he's willing to hammer. He's going to do so with our friends at BetMGM. BetMGM's got an awesome game going on right now. They're offering football fans a chance at winning big. Enter BetMGM's free-to-play football survivor pool challenge presented by Buffalo Wild Wings. Choose any football team to win each week in, in their survivor pool. Be the last player standing at the end of the season to win up to $100,000. Make sure to choose wisely. Once you've selected a team for the week, they can't be used again for the remainder of the season. Think you know how the pro football action will turn out each week? Log into your account or sign up for BetMGM today to access the BetMGM Football Survivor Pool. Challenge and make make your picks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 age of older or ret- 21 years of age or older to wager. Tennessee only. New, new and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. For problem gambling support, call the Tennessee Redline at 800-889-9789. Now let's get the mic right Let's get into it. Let's just, you know what? Let's just start right there with that. Uh, this is, uh, well, it's obviously the Titan podcast. We're halfway through the podcast now, but uh, we're joined now by one of our favorite uncles, a guy who plays for the enemy, but uh, I think he secretly kind of wishes he plays for us. Uh, a guy who <laughs> loves this podcast more than his own and uh, a guy who does tremendous work for paulkaharski.com, writing and covering the team, yada, yada, yada. It's Mike freaking Herndon. Mike, how are you, man? Uh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Yeah, I would only uh, come on this podcast during the week mm-hmm. that I'm moving across the country. So I, I, you know, uh, if anyone that's... else had asked, I would have told them, you know, 
Go kick rocks, so, bud. Full disclosure, Mike is joining us from the front seat of his car right now. Uh, it is, I, I'm going to say, is that like a Nissan Sentra? It is not. It is not. Oh, Jack, it is a, a uh, oh, yeah, let's see what Jack has. Uh, I'm, I'm getting Pathfinder vibes. Ooh. No, you're both both wrong. Uh, Chevy Silverado, no free shout outs. Oh, okay. wow. Chevy Silverado. Man, p- pickup truck life. Uh, yeah. Okay, so he's joining us from the front seat of his truck, which is fitting that he drives a truck because of where he's getting ready to move, which we'll get to in just a bit. But the last time he joined us via his car, uh, was in the middle of a drug deal. Uh, Jack and I are alleged, certain. alleged, alleged dr- <laughs> uh, drug deal, but they couldn't um, quite pin him down for it. Yeah. Jack yeah, and I got all the context clues and believe that we, it, that was like the only, uh, the only <laughs> thing we could come up with uh, based on it. So are we, are, we're not dealing drugs this time. We're just simply fleeing the state. Is that because the feds are on your ass? That's right. Yeah. You know, I had to get out of here. He was getting uh, a little close. Uh, so I'm packing up and moving to Texas, you know? Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, why, why are you moving to Texas? You're doing the reverse Tennessee Titans right now. I am. I'm doing the reverse Titan. Um, mostly it's Vols fans. Um, <laughs> Vols fans. I had to get away. Um, but, uh, no, it, the real answer is that it's like my day. It's my day job that, uh, uh, actually pays the bills besides my, uh, my fun Titans hobbies. Um, it's it's calling me back to Texas, which I, I've, I've lived in Texas before. Love the state and uh, am excited to go back. So, well, Mike, uh, on that note, I have to ask you, it, it kind of stinks that the Titans started off the season 0 and 1, because if you just looked at Twitter, you'd have thought they'd lost to the Tennessee Vols this Saturday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Big loss. Oh, yeah. Big loss. Yeah, tough, tough. You know, uh, the, the Vols, what set an attendance record for a football game at Nissan Stadium which a lot of Vols fans don't seem to realize there's different rules for seating uh, and capacity and things like that, how they can arrange seating, everything like that for NFL versus college games. Um, the NFL has its own set of rules. They act like the Titans have never sold out Nissan Stadium before. <laughs> they've been here for 25 years, and they've sold out most of the games that they've been here for. It's it's not like this was a novel thing of like, wow, this is the first time that everyone – uh that all the, the seats were sold. Yeah, but Mike, that atmosphere, man, that atmosphere, you know, I, I just wish that the Titans could ever produce an atmosphere like that. I, I can't remember the last time uh, it was ever loud in Nissan Stadium like it was Saturday when the Vols took on the Virginia Cavaliers. <laughs> right, right, yeah. I mean, the uh, you know, the Derrick Henry 99-yard uh, run, that was very quiet, um, sounded like a church church view. I, the I will say the loudest I remember Nissan Stadium ever being was probably the Derrick Henry run against the Bills on Monday Night Football. Um, yeah. That was ear-piercing loud. Um, but no, this, it was the first time it was ever loud. Uh, the first time really fans had ever seen football in that stadium. So um, thank you for the Tennessee Volunteers for inventing uh, football in Nissan Stadium. Absolutely. And all the Titans have to do to continue to pander is all you got to just wear orange and lose to teams from Florida. Right. That's that's pretty much it. Well, that 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 is um, two of the key tenants to pandering, um, mm-hmm. but also only draft Vols players. Now, the the Vols recruit nationwide and like half their roster is kids from Georgia. Um, but the Titans are carpetbaggers because they uh <laughs> they bring in, uh, you know, millionaires and pay them money to play football, unlike the Vols. 
Well, I don't <laughs> think the Titans that. realize that half of <laughs> half of their over half of their fan base, probably 90% of their fan base are Vols fans. And when they yes. don't pander to the the Tennessee Vols, it's they're frankly they're spitting in Vols fans faces. And I I for one am not here for it. I am ready for the disrespect to end and I'm ready for the Titans to stand up and do something. Yeah, I mean, it, it is grotesque the way that they've treated Vols fans over the years. I mean, they they haven't, um, you know, sent mailers out to their house um, to invite them to come to football games. They haven't uh, they haven't done enough to, um, you know, make local Knoxville media pay attention to them. Um, you know, they just are <laughs> uh, they are so angry with Vols fans for some reason. And nobody can quite explain what happened that was so, um, I, as one Vols fan told me this weekend, hostile uh, towards that <laughs> fan base. Um, it's funny, no one can remember what it was, but it was definitely something, and it was something really bad. Oh, plus they drafted Will Levis. Can you believe that? Oh, yeah. my gosh. What a I, you know, if, they, if they could just send a, a caravan out to Knoxville. Uh, and, I mean, uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, they did in March, ask. but like other than that, in March, like you know, like, like if they could do like more caravans, if they could do all of their caravans for their Titans road trips in Knoxville, I think that would at least help pander to to Vols fans a little more. It it would wipe a little bit of the spit off of uh off of Vols fans' faces. Uh, <laughs> that and I don't know, maybe open up their home stadium to let the t- college team play a game in there. That would wow. maybe help pander to. Vols that would fans. be crazy. That would be crazy. I don't why know. wouldn't you want to? Why wouldn't you want to pander to the fan base who actively rooted for your rival for twenty years? But it, anyways, <laughs> I, I am lucky enough to be from Nashville, where I know that seven out of ten Vols fans are good, normal, rational, logical people. Yes, and not to get wrapped up in the Twitter perception of them. Because if I wasn't from here and I didn't have like ninety percent of my friends as Vols fans. I'd probably be like, okay, these people are definitely psychotic, which there are still some, but most Vol yeah. fans are good. There are Vols fans that listen to this podcast, so we have to be careful because they are able to separate the two and still cheer for both. Like, right. there yeah. never has to be an, an a, a Vols or Titans. It, you can't have them both. Like, I don't understand why everyone doesn't just pull together um, for the Titans. And, and you know, if anybody should have a problem with this, it, it would be. Chattanooga, who's closer to Atlanta than they are to Nashville, but all, all everybody in Chattanooga seems to be a Titans fan. Everybody in Memphis seems to be a Titans fan. It, it, it's just it's a little frustrating to see that on Twitter. However, I know Charlie Burris is better than that. Um, how much? Not totally sure. But <laughs> we move on. I want to ask you about the schedule um, because obviously we haven't we haven't played a game yet. There's still a lot to look forward to. But the first six weeks of this Titans schedule, I don't want to call it make or break because it's so early. It's definitely the most difficult part of the Titans schedule. I said today that three and three, you get through London with a three and three record. You're kind of in business for the playoffs. That that back half, really the back 10 games are, I mean, soft as a pillow, soft as a relaxed the back Tempur-Pedic pillow. Nice, nice. What 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 do you think about the first six games? Is that important to you know have a certain record heading into the bye week? I think it's important that they survive it from the sense of like you can't go one and five, right? Like I mean mm-hmm. uh, the if you look at 
the chances of making the playoffs with a start like that, it's really, really low. So you've got to at least, I think, if you're two and four, like we saw this team rally and make the playoffs in uh, 2019 after a two and four start, famously. Um, I, you, it's not the season's not over if you're two and four, especially with a 17 game schedule, especially in this division where like I know the Jaguars have a lot of hype, but I just I'm not sure I'm ready to crown them as like an actual AFC contender yet, especially with that that defense is not very good. Um, so I think two and four. You can still be in the race. Three and three, I think, is a good result, frankly, um, mm-hmm. from this run of games. And anything better than that, and you're in really good shape heading down the stretch. Because, yeah, you're right. That schedule gets very soft very quick on the back half. There's a lot of, you know, Falcons and Bucks and Panthers and Colts and Texans uh, in those final 11 games. So survive the first six, and I think you're in good shape. And for the Titans fans that don't have the first six games memorized like us sickos do, um, they go on the road to the Saints, then the Chargers come to Nashville in week two, back on the road in Cleveland for week three, the Bengals come to town in week four, you go on the road to Indianapolis in week five, before the Ravens game in London in week six. Mike, let's start with the Saints game, because it is. It, let's face it, it's game week, we're finally here, we've yes. we made it. We wandered through the barren desert, and we're finally here. We've got a game to look forward to this weekend. What's your? How would you preview this game? What do the Titans need to focus on in order to move past, get past the Saints? Because, to my surprise, they're three point underdogs. Yeah, I think it's a super interesting game because both teams have changed quite a bit this offseason. The Saints were okay last year. If you look at their defense down the stretch last year, they were. Excellent. The defense really seemed to put it together around midseason and over the back half of the season. They didn't allow more than uh, more than 20 points in a single game over their final eight, um, which included some games against some pretty good teams as well. So um, I think the defense is still pretty good. They did lose a few pieces. Um, You know, Cam Jordan isn't what he used to be. Uh, I don't know that they've got like that marquee pass rusher anymore. Um, Jordan's still a good player. He still is. You know, the problem is he's going to be going against Chris Hubbard. Um, Mm -hmm. So you've got to find a way to contain him at least over there, Um, even if he is not, you know, quite prime Cam Jordan anymore. Um, But then, you know, Derek Carr is going to be – it's going to be a wildly different offense, I think, than what we saw last year from the Saints with Andy Dalton and, and, you know, Jameis Winston and all this uh, over the last couple years as they've, you know, kind of flailed replacing Drew Brees. Um, I don't think Carr's great but I think he'll be much better than what they've had. Um, And yeah, I I think for the Titans, the key to me is can you protect Tannehill uh, up front? You know, the saints were, I think fifth in sacks last year. So they kind of do it by committee. They don't have like one guy, but they've, they've managed to, uh, you know, get the quarterback down a good bit uh, in recent seasons, either way. And Dennis Allen's a good defensive mind so um i expect the saints defense to be pretty good but if the titans can pass protect they do have some weapons that can uh take advantage of a saints secondary that's you know really marshawn Lattimore is is still really good um but then you got you know you got a couple good safeties but the other corners i think paulson adebo and uh, alante taylor kind of suspect um and, and that would be where i would target uh, you know, those are younger corners and, and you, you want to kind of see what's up with them uh, pretty early if you're the Titans, I think. And nobody knows suspect better than our guy, Mike Herndon, uh, which Mike, <laughs> again, if like if uh, 
you have to break away to, you know, uh, grab some money from someone. Um, yeah. Or if, yeah, if the cops show up again, please end this zoom call immediately. Cause we do not want to be accomplices in whatever <laughs> it is, illegal business you're going through. Um, the, and I feel like my biggest concern for this week isn't or this season, I guess, is not the schedule. It is not, um, uh, Ryan Tannehill. It is not uh, DeAndre Hopkins. It is not uh, the way the defense holds up. It is strictly keeping bodies on the field um, and not like laying on the field. I guess I should <laughs> should reiterate right? because careful with this. I, we know what happened when we asked Austin Stanley this. Well, question. and you know what? I actually want to get to that in just a little bit. But is there any anything that you can give me any inkling that this year will be unlike the previous two seasons third year's a charm maybe like i would even go for that right now yeah. at this point i i honestly think that that's part of it i i think that part of the last two years has has to be bad luck and honestly uh not to to pimp out my boss's work too too much but uh paul kuharski wrote an awesome piece this uh right you know probably maybe like two or three weeks ago um about the injuries and talked to steve waterson the former strength coach longtime strength coach here in tennessee about you know things that they can do what they should do differently all that um and uh, waterson's take honestly came down to like yeah it's mostly bad lucky things that, that it's not anything specific that they're doing training wise if you look at the injuries they're all just scattered all over the place we've had guys with concussion issues we've had guys with hamstrings we've had guys with acls we've had guys with you know achilles with ankles you know all of this stuff um is just kind of all over the board so it's not like it's one repetitive injury now there have been guys that have had repetitive injuries obviously elijah molden in the groin issue um christian fulton in the hamstrings guys like that um david long in the hamstrings so there are specific guys that I think maybe needed to take a different approach. And, and it sounds like have in the case of Christian Fulton and Elijah Molden um, to try to stay on the field this year. But I think ultimately it's going to come down to like better luck. I mean, it, you hate to like let it sit like that, but you look at a team like the Jaguars last year and when they played the Titans in week, whatever it was, 18, I guess, um, mm -hmm. I'm still having trouble getting around this uh, 17 game schedule thing. Um, but they had pretty much everyone available. I don't think they had a single starter out for that game. They were fully healthy, which is an unbelievable thing in the modern NFL. The, the Eagles were the same way. The Eagles had like no injury issues last year. They just sailed through um, barely anybody even got nicked up. Um, so those kind of things make a huge difference. And when you can stay fully healthy, yeah, you could probably have a pretty special season. So I, I think if the Titans' hands stay healthier, I think they can return back to that, uh, you know, 10-plus win team that they were the last few years, even in despite of some of the injury uh, concerns, especially in 2021. But, um, yeah, I think it's going to come down to luck. they got to have better luck. And so far, so good, right? Like, Traylon Burks. Look like he might have had a bad knee injury, and he's already back and and is going to play week one. Um, you know, DeAndre Hopkins has been healthy all through camp. Um, you know, obviously Kyle Phillips got hurt, but that's really the only guy even in the two deep yeah. that's had an injury um, situation pop up so and, far. And so, that one was expected, honestly. That was just yeah, it was only a matter of time with that one. 
that was just kind of built in. Yeah, that that's got to happen one 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 time or another. So better to get it out of the way now than uh, you know late <laughs> season. I'm never not going to believe in Kyle Phillips. By the way, I don't care if he is hurt for four straight years. Well, I will always have hope. Oh, I I believe in him. I believe in him. Sure. I just I think it's going to be one of those. Uh, he, he's just going to be on a on a gurney somewhere. Um, <laughs> I Mike, it, is there anything that you would like to jinx? right now um because let me say this let me set this up the last three weeks on this very podcast we have had a bad bad string of luck three weeks ago we basically uh were talking about injuries with austin stanley who made a bold claim on this podcast saying hey has there been any injuries in training camp thus far and to which we, that we obviously answered no. And just a mere few hours later, Traylon Burks goes down with what we thought at the time was a very serious injury. The very next week, we asked Will Bowling about the potential of maybe a reuni reuniting with Corey Davis, especially if the Jets let him go, maybe tie back up with Corey Davis. Yeah. A couple of days later, he retires from the game. He quits football altogether. All right. And then just last week, we even just brought up the mundane topic of the Titans now having Papa shot in the locker room. And a couple days later, the Papa shot machine broke. So Mike, oh. I'm opening up the floor to you. Is there anything out there? that you would like to bring up with the Titans, maybe make a bold claim to just absolutely jinx. Oh, for sure. Um, you know, I think that Trevor Lawrence is probably going to win the MVP this year. Um, <laughs> that, that, is, uh, that seems like a lock to me personally. Um, okay. Yeah. All right, good. Yeah, I don't look, there's not a chance in, on earth the Titans win the Super Bowl. Now, I'm just saying it right now. No, no, not a chance. Not with Lawrence winning the MVP. I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah, it's I mean, it's it's they might as well go ahead and start engraving his name. I don't know how long the engraving process takes, but start engraving his name on that on that award right now. Uh, Jack, do you have anything you want to drink sure. while we're on it? Uh, yeah, you know, Jim Ursay is really going to start making sound decisions this year. I think he's I think he's really starting to come into form as an owner um, in his old age. So, yeah, Jim Ursay, that that's my that's my prediction. Okay. Um, Something I want to ask you about, Mike, is we we were just on the topic of injuries. Monty Rice has kind of been my new frustration this offseason, not just with his injury, but how he looks and how, where the Titans kind of view him in the linebacker room. That's a position I am very unsure about. I know Aziz Alshair is, uh, you, you know, gonna uh, is reason for optimism back there, but next to him is. Dr. Gibby for now, I guess. It's yeah. not a lot of speed back there. And I understand that Kamara's out week one, which is a huge advantage for the Titans. Because I feel like that's an area where teams can expose them, putting speed on one of their linebackers. How can you help me become more confident in that linebacker room? Um, are we we're outside of the jinx phase of the podcast, uh, right? Jinx, <laughs> I mean, we, we never know when the jinx <laughs> will occur. Honestly, anything you say in this podcast can and will be used against you. Ah, crap. All right. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. But uh, Aziz Alshire, I'll, I'll say this. And I think he's going to be a stud this year. Like, I think he's going to put up a huge, huge season because you watch him at practice and he is 
everywhere. Like he, every time I was at practice this summer, he was making plays and just showing up around the ball. And like, he looks like a guy that is ready to like seriously break out. And and he's playing in a super advantageous uh, situation where you've got Jeffrey Simmons and tier tart absolutely eating uh, the entire guard center guard triangle in front of him. He's just going to have free span to run to the football constantly. I think he's going to have a monster, monster season. And I think he's going to be a better coverage linebacker than anything they've had in recent years. It really since probably Jay on Brown uh, in his prime. So I think Aziz is going to have a huge season, but the other spot is the question mark. I think Gibbons is fine in the, I guess here's how I'll make you feel better about it. I think he's not going to play all that much. I think the Titans are going to have, they ran the most nickel um, and dime out of any team in the NFL last year by a lot. I think that's going to happen again. I think that's why they, they've they kept uh, some defensive backs like, um, like Mike Brown, Elijah Molden, who are good run defenders and can play in and around the box. I think those guys are going to play a lot. And I think they might even play on what you would consider like early downs as well. I I think the Titans are going to be very willing to play small behind that defensive line because the defensive line is so good at controlling the line of scrimmage and so good at keeping their linebackers clean that frankly, I think Gibbons will be fine in the role that they're going to play him in. And I don't think he's going to play as much as like Zach Cunningham and, and guys like that did in years past. I think they're going, they're continuing to trend towards smaller defenses to try to combat some of the the passing games and the, the spread stuff that's spreading across the NFL. Zach Cunningham. Now that that's an example of the Titans pandering to the Vanderbilt Commodores. So let me get this straight. Your pitch to make me feel better about the Titans linebacker room is that don't worry, Jack, the linebackers won't always be on the field. That I, I don't know if that gets me yeah. there, Mike. I, I can't lie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I think Gibbons is very much just a guy. Like, he, he's got some good length. I think he's smart. Um, I think he's willing to, like, play physical in there. But he's not – he doesn't have any speed. Um, I think they're going to have to be careful to make sure that they don't end up in situations where he's asked to cover a guy like Kamara or a guy like mm. – um, I'm trying to think of, like, another – back that's on their schedule Pacheco, that's, that's like that. I mean, even like Nick Chubb. yeah mm-hmm. yeah they're gonna have to keep him off of those guys um as much as they can but I I do think that it's gonna be minimized by his usage in a lot of ways I had so much love for Dr. Gibby oozing out of my body and like a doctor you just wrapped it up with a tourniquet and cut that off at its source um <laughs> I love yeah, Dr. Fine. Gibby and and I want him to look, there are very few Titans linebackers that have gone through eight years of medical school to get their shot uh, on the starting defense. And so I feel like this is a man that has overcome so much and he's going to be so great. And also all the glowing things you said about uh, Aziz Al-Jair, uh, I can't wait for his week one injury uh, that sets oh. him out for the season. That's gonna be awesome. Why do you, why are you the way that you are, Austin? Why, I, why I'm do just, you do this? Because I, Jack, it's us. It's not. It's not me. He's reverse jinxing it. He's reverse. If it's jinxing. said on the podcast, it's going to happen. And so then that way, I'm just trying to cover our bases in case he did, like. Now he's not going to go down because I said that he was. But now he. But he definitely is. Hey, so now I have to re-jinx the jinx. 
have we considered that maybe the Titans' whole plan to fix their injury issues was actually having a starter who is a medical doctor on the field? Ah, spin oh, zone. I, love, I, I like love that where one. your head's at. I let, that's why he's starting. Uh, <laughs> he's like, yeah, there's more talented guys that's out right, there. Yeah. But but if they get a, if they get an actual doctor <laughs> in their top two, yeah, I like that take. I it, love that hard. take actually. It's hard to examine your teammates when you're on the bench. So, you know, like you need to be able to see the guys in person. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think he's going to be giving a little uh, physicals between plays, you know? Right, right. Yeah. Which, which oh. is going to have a bigger impact on the Titans injuries or lack thereof this season? Dr. Gibby starting or the Titans installing a turf field into the stadium? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, you know... I don't know how did the well, did the Vols get hurt during their uh, earth shattering, ear piercing uh, performance uh, against Virginia? <laughs> no, not, that not was just any, the Titans. That was the Titans pandering to the Vols. Not, not any big injuries that I remember. Okay, yeah. all right. Well, then, hey, so the the new turf is one for one, and no big injuries uh, so far. I think but it, it will, and it I like how their slick. numbers. I like I like how the yard line numbers are identical to the Titans like jersey numbers. That's a cool yeah, touch. That was a nice it touch. Is. It is very nice. It will be slick on the field, though, with all the spit uh, from Vols fans' faces dripping (laughs) onto. We already got the slander out of the way. We've got to give them a break. They're going to stop listening to us. (laughs) Mike, I got one last one from you. Cade York is on the practice squad with a bigger leg. Yeah, but Nick Folk right now uh, figures to be the Titans' Week One starter at the kicker position. Who finishes the season as the Titans' kicker? Oh, that's an interesting question. I'm I'm gonna say it's Folk, uh, simply because I think I think he's gonna be steady enough that they're probably not gonna want to rock the boat and make the switch. Um, but could I see a situation where York ends up pushing his way onto the 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 field? I definitely. I mean, it would be a great situation, honestly, for the Titans if if Cade York ended up surpassing Nick Folk somehow, non-injury related. Um and becoming their kicker by the end of the year, because I mean, the dude's got a huge leg. He would, he gives them the chance to have like a difference making kicker in a positive way. Um, Obviously he's got to get whatever has kind of thrown him off his game the last Mm -hmm. year or so with the Browns um, figured out. But I mean, this could be a good opportunity for a reset for him. I I loved the Titans signing him to the practice squad because I, I think, you know, You've got guys like uh, Daniel Carlson, who's like amazing for the Raiders, who was cut because he went like one for four in his first uh, season with the Vikings after they drafted him and they cut him. uh, And now he's awesome um, for the Raiders. Mm -hmm. So this could be a situation like that. You don't know. I mean, and if you also look back at Cade York's season, he made, I think, 75 percent of his field goals. I think he's like 26 of uh, 24, 32. If he makes two more kicks. That's like 80%. Never, nobody's complaining about him. He's still on the Browns. It's like a difference of two kicks, which uh, like you don't get to pick when those kicks are made or missed. Um, but it's not that big a difference between, okay, we got to get rid of this guy. And, oh, yeah, he's pretty good. Um, so I, I don't think that York is like so far broken that he's not worth a, another shot, um, especially with the leg talent that he's got. Mm-hmm. Hi, will Nick 
will Nick Folk be able to kick in primetime games? Because, I mean, if you think about it, those games will air after Matlock, which will be way past his bedtime. Uh, a 38-year-old kicker. I feel like even if he does make the starting roster, what, we have like one year, maybe two at best, and then we're right back to square oh, one? Yeah. So, like, yeah, I mean, is this just like a, is this just like putting a Band-Aid over an axe wound right now? 100%. I mean, this is like, They've just been patching it together for so long now that you can like that. They keep trying to go cheap with like these undrafted rookie kickers and hope that they just fall into a Ryan Stonehouse like kicker version. Um, and it just has not worked. I mean, they've been through like four or five of these guys now and just none of them stick. Um, so I, you know, I think they're putting another bandaid on it with folk and saying, all right, well, this guy we can at least trust to make the the ones that he should make he may not have the ability to make from like 58 you know with the game on the line or whatever um he's he's terrible on kickoffs which i think is something that's going to be really interesting to watch early in the season um but yeah i think this is a band-aid and i think that goal now would be that york eventually is your guy next year um even if he doesn't pass folk during the season i'm gonna throw something out there I'm going to let you guys uh, chew on this for a little bit. Let it marinate. Maybe uh, maybe this idea gets sent to St. Thomas Sports Park. To solve the Titans' kicking woes, why not sign those six dudes from Dude Perfect? Hmm? <laughs> you know, mm. pound it, knock I've it. never seen a miss a shot. Right? That's <laughs> the thing. That's the thing. Like, there are, they are perfect <laughs> from any any trick shot that they attempt. So, look. I, well, I'm saying Titans, that's a free idea right there for you. Call them up. They're they're Hey, look, they're Texas guys. Maybe they could pass you on the highway on their way up to Nashville. There we go. Yeah. And I, they could, they could live in my house for a little bit. Um, no, <laughs> do they all have, do they all six have to be on the field though? Or are they going to be down to like just five guys blocking for these field goals now? No, that's a good question. I think like to, the twins, the, the creepy twins, they need to be at the <laughs> field goal post. And like, kind of like, because they got it, you got it. They got to be there for the reactions. The tall, lanky guy, he can be on the sideline next to Vrabel or whatever. But once the kick goes in, they have to go nuts. Like it's the first time they've ever made a trick shot. Um, Even though they've been doing this for, uh, you know, over a dozen years. I, that's what I think needs to happen for the Titans. You know, I kind of think they should go sign Lionel Messi. Um, Mukhtar's better. They haven't. They haven't spent enough time pandering to Argentina fans, um, <laughs> and that could really boost boost their stock in that country. You know, there are more cup attendance. There, there are two types of Tennessee Vols fans listening to they this. Did. Uh, the the kind that are seething mad after how much we poked <laughs> fun at their takes. But then there are the ones that I actually love, and they're my favorite Tennessee fans, the ones with a sense of humor that are laughing along with us uh, because we know this is not, it's not all Vols fans. It's a lot of them, but it's not yeah. all Vols fans, okay? There is anyway. a there's a healthy middle ground there where it is, there are some cool Vols fans, and those are the ones that we love and respect that get us and get this show. 100%. And I grew up a Vols fan. I, I had an Andy Kelly jersey. I had a uh, Heath Schuler wow. jersey wow. as a kid. Really? Like, I I am, I am grew up a diehard, diehard Tennessee fan. Because I, I was like everyone else in this area. Like, Tennessee yeah. Vols, 
everything and then Braves baseball. And that was like how everybody was, right? Like yeah. the vast yeah. majority of people. And and then, in, you know, people would have like passing interest in NFL teams, but it was mostly like player based or whatever. Like I had Vikings jerseys. I had uh, Eagles jerseys, Bears jerseys. Like I had all these teams that I rooted for in my childhood growing up. And then the Titans came and I was like, okay, I'm all in on the Titans now because I was yeah. excited for them to be here. But right. I guess, you know, yeah, I, I I just, I don't hate Vols fans. I just hate this stupid, stupid take. It's just a bad take. And I, I don't yeah. know why it's, uh, to try to compare, you're literally comparing apples and oranges. <laughs> literally. Yes, I am. I am. They need to make those coexist stickers just all in orange with the Titans flaming logo, maybe a couple of muskets for the X. I, I've got, yeah, ideas. but then, yeah, I but then they would, this okay. okay. No, but then Vols fans would argue uh, over what the T would be. Is it the flaming thumbtack or is it a power <laughs> T? They'd be like, I don't know, you know, and then we'd have that whole discourse on the internet, of course. That's where uh, TSU comes into play. <laughs> maybe, maybe the, uh, maybe the, you know, the house divided license plate, but it should say like house united. And, house and united, right, right. And, and yeah. Titans on the same side. Yeah. yeah, it's just one. Like we both love Josh Dobbs. Like make that the, the, <laughs> yeah. the license plate. Do people forget about Jesse Mahalona? I mean, did we not all love that guy? Uh, we shout both out have Andy. both good and bad memories of Albert Hainsworth, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. Shout out Andy Kelly, too. Uh, I too also had an Andy Kelly jersey growing up, but it was a Nashville Cats jersey. Uh, am I, oh, yeah. am I the only person that you know who owned a Nashville Cats jersey? Probably. But I did, and it was awesome. <laughs> Mike Carndon, you've got you've got to move, dude. You got to get the hell out of Tennessee, mainly because all the Vols fans are pissed at you. So uh, get on out, move to Texas, leave Nashville behind. It's cool, I guess. Uh, we'll see you a couple of Sundays every every fall. But other than that, have a safe move, and we appreciate you joining us on Moving Week. Wow, an inspection is going on live in your house, and. You, uh, I think three or four people showed up during the interview to uh, to lift some drugs off of you. But other than that, like, <laughs> well done. Thank you for taking the time, man. Absolutely. I uh, appreciate you guys having me on my favorite podcast uh, as, as usual. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle. All right, Jack, before we get out of here, uh, you know, as we alluded to in the interview with Mike Herndon, there is an update to the Papa shot. It is broken. The mm. Papa shot is broken, has been confirmed by um, I saw uh, Easton Freeze tweeted out Tron Davenport also uh, tweeted out. And it is it is a bad break too. like the backboard is broken on on one of the goals. The rim is broken on the other. It is it is bad, which tells me the Titans are just frankly not good at basketball which is good. I guess that's a, it's a good thing that the NBA isn't in Nashville. Um, take that aggressiveness and, and take it out on some saints on Sunday. But uh, there is also an update to this and it comes via uh, uncle Paul Kaharski where he, um, he tweeted, uh, he retweeted Ron Davenport's photo of the broken Papa shot and said, enjoy a harmless little nugget like, like this. Not anymore. Photos and videos of anything but a player talking in the locker room during the time it's open to the media have been banned. Um, he then goes on to go full on Paul Karski with a sheer amount of just absolutely oozing in sarcasm. 
where he explains that I recently took a photo of Kevin Byard's gloves. We'll use in a mailbag and Kyle Phillips in his knee brace. And then he says, I didn't plan to share reminds me which knee. Um, and he said, now that, now that opponents can't see such things, the Titans are guaranteed success. Um, <laughs> uh, so frankly, yeah. I look, I, I kind of side with PK on this one. Oh, I, I, you know, what's funny is I don't normally, but I a hundred percent side with PK on this. I think the Titans sometimes, uh, can revert to not do themselves any favors. And by posting photos of a Papa shot in a locker room is not. Am I freezing? No. Oh, oh, sorry. You gave me it. <laughs> All right. Pop in, like posting photos of a Papa shot in a locker room. I don't think that is any intel to opponents or anything. I don't think that's anything that's like, it, to me, it's being strict for reasons that you don't need to necessarily be strict. Um, and I don't necessarily love that. The Titans are a franchise right now that needs every bit of positive marketing or viral marketing that they possibly can get. Because honestly, the only times I have heard the Titans mentioned nationally over the last 12 months, well, or I guess 292 days since they beat Green Bay on Thursday night, was their viral TikTok during the draft. And that wasn't <laughs> even their official draft video. So if like, I'm just saying like the Titans need every bit of marketing help they can get. And by doing something like this, I don't love it. And I feel like it's just them being the Titans being sticks in the mud, which I thought that they were over. This feels like an old, like a, a an old regime move by them. Like back when, like, uh, what was the, uh, what was the, uh, what was the guy, uh, uh, J big Joe brought up last week, Tommy, um, Tommy Smith, Tommy Smith. This feels like a Tommy Smith like era move when um that would that 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 they would make. And honestly, I'm kind of annoyed by it. I'm the last person that's going to make a big deal out of this, but uh, all I'll say is wouldn't this like give some of the players kind of a breath from reporters asking, "Sir, why didn't you why didn't you hit this gap? Why how come you didn't make this read?" why did you miss this tackle where you can kind of sprinkle in some lighthearted questions to, you know, you know, to, I, I don't know whether it's to just yeah break seriousness with them or uh, I don't know. It's just another opportunity to relate with players without really being serious and putting them on the spot. I don't think that's something that they would want to ask them about that They would want the players to have from reporters, but I don't know. I don't get it. I, it, it's well, and to, why, me, to me, it's not a big deal. What does it hurt if your opponents and or fans know that you've got a pop a shop machine in the locker room? Or if, I mean, think about it. some of our most famous memories come from the locker room when players were not being interviewed, uh, i.e. Darren Bates blasting the Auburn fight song while Derrick yeah. Henry was given an interview after the iron bowl like that, like little things like that. Like uh, what? So that is no longer allowed. I, to me, it's just, I don't know. It's being a stick in the mud when you don't necessarily need to be a stick in the mud. Not a huge deal, though, at the end of the day. The bigger deal is what the Titans did after they made their initial cuts. They signed former Chicago Bear outside linebacker Travis Gibson. I was surprised that Gibson was available. 
I, I got to be honest with you because I, you know, I'd covered the Bears for A to Z Sports Chicago for the last couple right. of seasons. I kept up with Gibson a couple years ago. He had, I think it was seven sacks in a year. Last season, he was kind of used rotationally, but still, you know, managed three sacks on the year in a limited role. So that's what he's going to be here in Tennessee is a guy who just kind of rotates in because Caleb Murphy's also going to kind of play behind him. The depth the Titans have at edge rusher in particular is amazing. It is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, and it's perfect because Harold Landry is not going to be able to be a three down, three down guy this year. Most likely. I mean, he's going to need some breaks when he, you know, while he's on his way back from his ACL thing. So he, Travis Gibson's just another fresh body with experience on a rookie deal. Uh, really no risk, high reward signing for the Titans that I absolutely love. Yeah. The rare Chicago bear that has actually gone from the bears to the Titans and not mm-hmm. vice versa. Well, it, it's him and uh, Trayvon Wesco both came from Chicago this offseason. Yeah. And I believe the uh, Titans also signed Kendall Val- Vildor. Another right, Chicago look, bear. All they need is Justin Fields next. Um, the pass, pass, pass on Justin Fields. Why would you pass on Justin Fields? I mean, uh, do we think that he's going to be any better of a passer than Ryan Tannehill? Well, maybe not this season, but I mean, next year when Ryan Tannehill is gone, you're going to need. I'm good. I'm good on wow. that. Wow. Wow. Mark my all right. Someone mark that. Someone remember this. Someone write that down. Remind me in six months when the Titans don't re-sign Ryan Tannehill <laughs> and move on to Malik Willis or, or Look, Will he, Levis. He's a great and guy Jack to have on your saying, fantasy. Yeah, team. I don't need I don't need uh Justin Fields. Justin Fields he, is about to go off this year. And that's what he, that's what everyone says. He's a great guy to have on your fantasy team, but I mean he's five and twenty as a starter. Well, yeah, he's. have you seen his roster? That's like saying, oh, well, the Titans didn't win a game last year after Tannehill went down. Yeah, did you see what they were working with? He had more He had more to work with last year than Tannehill did. No. That's fair. That's fair. No, that's no, fair. not even close. Literally, Ryan Tannehill had the best running back in the in the sport lined up behind him. And I guess I'm talking about more like throwing the football. And like, Nick yeah, westbrook Akine on the outside, which is the second coming of Randy Moss, just true, a few true, years true. later. Um, I the yeah, I um I I asked a bunch of people around the Chicagoland area what they felt with the Bears cutting him and uh, the Titans picking him up. They were like, man, I honestly I'm kind of bummed that I don't know why the Bears cut him. I mean, I know it's it's you know it's uh, schematically he didn't fit their scheme or anything like that, and um, so it just made sense to let him go. And he fits the Titans scheme better. I I'm excited. I think it's I think it's a it's a low key gem that like the Arden Key signing that the Titans yes. made this year. Like I just feel like there's a lot of like names that we're gonna hear on Sunday be like, oh yeah. Oh, let's go. This They're going to is... blow up this season and then take somebody's money next season. Hopefully, yeah. you know, the Titans find a Yeah, right, right. The Titans won't be able to, to afford them. them. Yeah. yeah. Enjoy <laughs> them this year while you can, Titans fans. All right. Before we get out of here, um, Paul Kaharski, the aforementioned, uh, tweeted that he asked ChatGPT to write a country song about your 2023 Tennessee Titans. And so we thought, since we are, uh, you know, we are not necessarily, um, we are an award-winning podcast. We would sing this song to you on the podcast. Why? Honestly, we don't know. Okay, but just sit back, gather around the campfire, uh, grab yourself a uh, grab yourself a cold one, maybe a coarse light. Make sure the mountains are blue, 
<laughs> and uh, enjoy this song that Chad GPT, this country song that Chad GPT wrote that Paul Karski shared on Twitter about the 2023 Titans. I'm going to butcher this terribly. Well, gather round, y'all. Let me spin a little tale about the 2023 Titans and the wind in their sail. National predictions, they don't mean a thing. When it's the Titans on the field, let those church bells ring. In 2022, we had our ups. Uh, let me start. In 2022, we had our ups and our downs. But we're back stronger than ever with no frowns. Mike Vrabel's leading us. Well, that's a proven fact with a coaching record. That's hard to detract. Here's the chorus. We're the Tennessee Titans. Hear the battle cry with our hands held high. We'll touch the sky. Derrick Henry's thunder in our veins. It flows as we march through the schedule where nobody knows. Verse two. Now in the draft, we found some rising stars. Let's hope to take us further past Jupiter and to Mars. What? Free agent additions. We've got strength anew. A force to be reckoned with. Now watch what we do with Tannehill's arm and Henry's unstoppable might. We'll light up the scoreboard every single night. Let's hope our O-line's a fortress as strong as they come. Defenders beware. You're feeling quite glum. Uh, of course, again, we'll get to that later. The bridge in the heart of Nashville where the music's in the air. Do you see that key change? Our fans are the greatest and we know they care. From the blues on Broadway to the Titans roar. I don't think Chad GPT knows what a Titan is. We'll fight for <laughs> victory like never before. We're the Tennessee Titans. Hear that battle cry with our heads held high. We'll touch the sky. Derrick Henry's thunder. It in our veins it flows as we march through the schedule where nobody knows. Bringing it home now. In 2023, the Titans will rise with stars in our eyes and determination in our guise. So here's to the season, to the dreams we'll chase. In the Tennessee Titans, we find our place. <laughs> nice the job. Are, nice the job. Titans are losing every game this season after that. That was so bad. Paul Kaharski absolutely wrote that song, by the way. There's not either he, him or Luke Combs, honestly. He's not, uh, he's not fooling me. That sounds like a big and rich song. <laughs> Uh, all right, we are getting out of here, man. I, I should I try and bring that song to country radio here in Chicago? Do you think it'll go? You well? really hit your stride when you entered verse two. Thank I, you, I, I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. I went through a few key changes there. We're under a minute left in the in the south, so we're going to get out of here. But uh, make sure you follow A to Z Sports on all the socials. A to Z Sports. Follow the show at Tighten Up Pod on Twitter, at Tighten Up Podcast on Instagram. Now's the time to fill up your timelines full of Titans fans. Uh, follow guys like Jack A. Gentry. Follow me, Austin Huff. Jack, you got anything for the road? Balls fans, I love you. I love you. Uh, we love the back. We do. Forth. We do love. Stick you. with we us, baby. You. We do we love, love you. you. All right, love and unity. With that said, until next week, game week, baby. Tighten up.
They're the Tennessee Titans. They're the Tennessee Titans. They'll. 